Right, so in this podcast, this episode, I'm going to talk to you about my mission and I'm going to ask you to let me help you. Okay, now you're going to hear a sip of tea in a minute and you're going to hear a squeaky chair. And to be honest, you're my priority, not those two. So I'm going to start by telling you my mission and where it came from. So yes, yes, I've been a psychic medium since I was little. I knew shit, things happen, blah, blah. Nothing special. I don't know. I just communicate with things. The end. But my mission to help people, and this has been the feedback, um, because every conversation is information, right? And people say, you generally care about people. I'm like, yeah, duh. And it's like, I really like how you come across that you generally care about people. I'm like, yeah, because I do. And people go, but how? Why do you care about people so much? And I'm like, why? Out of all the work that I've done, so I've done the corporate stuff, the life coaching, the predicting, the changing of people's mindsets. Why does the one thing that stands out is the the shock that I actually care for people, like the genuine nature of it. It, it baffles me. I'm just having a sip of tea. Mm. So basically, what happened was, you go through life, you grow up, you do things and you think you were let down by friends, you were cheated on by people that you were dating, you know, someone at work screwed you over, blah, blah, blah. It's the general shit, right? But it wasn't enough to drive me. In fact, it, it nearly drove me insane for the volume of it. But I was just like, oh, you know what? And it gave me a very bad taste in my mouth in regards to people. And it wasn't until I donated the kidney, and I tell you why, it was a turning point. And I'm going to take you on this journey with me, right? So on the approach to the kidney, I've got the letter and I've got the, the date in which I need to go in. And my flatmate at the time said, I'll go in. Don't you worry, you don't need anyone else, just me. I'll, I'll take you in. And I said, okay, cool. Yeah, that would be nice. And I'd been through every... Um, doctor's review I'd, I'd been for checkups I'd been for psychological assessments and all, no one had come with me no one so I knew there wasn't a genuine interest from anyone around me in regards to what I was about to do but on the approach to the operation all of a sudden people are like oh well um okay well when are you going to be in and okay well uh, let me take you in and I thought hmm okay it just didn't feel genuine right and I was I was quite taken aback by it so the night before my operation, flatmate, as far as I know, she's, she's taking me in. Um, and she lets me know she's going to go to work instead. So I thought, are you kidding me? I'm about to go in to a major operation where there is a chance of death. Like they told me that I, you can die in this situation because it's major arteries. I said, okay, that's fine. I had to sign things. I had to be aware of things. And I was like, okay, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And I thought, did you just let me down? So you're telling me you care about me, but actually you don't, right? And But it, on the run-up to this, she kept telling me, oh, I've told everyone at work, my flatmate's getting a kidney operation. My flatmate's donating this. And then my other friends said, yeah, I can't wait. And people are telling me this. And they were using it to platform themselves with, because they were associating with me. So they were using the opportunity to get gain attention. But actually, when it came down to it, they were not interested. And so I had this operation and I woke up and my flatmates came to see me, you know, day after, six hours later, whatever. And I was vomiting and I woke up and I thought, fucking hell, I feel like shit. I feel really bad. 
And I knew because I, I don't know if it's psychic or what, but I woke up and I thought, uh oh, something's going to go very wrong. Anyway, my my the people who said they were going to support me, it collapsed. There was drama. There was, uh, you know, our way or the highway. And I was like, well, I'm sorry, but it can't be your way because I've got a set care routine. I have to stay in the, the area. I have to stay in my house. I can't go anywhere. No one was interested. No one. No one. They left me. Everyone left me. Flatmates went back to work, blah, blah, blah. So I was at home and I thought, my God, I feel really, really bad. And I thought, and I couldn't stop vomiting. I couldn't keep anything down. I thought, actually, I've not had food or water for days. And I just felt worse and worse and worse. I got up. I fainted. I was just so weak. And then once I got up, I fainted. I hit my head on the radiator. And I woke up to the sensation of my head hitting the floor vigorously. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm having a fit. I was aware I was having a fit. And I thought, this just isn't right. Looked around, no one around. Everyone was carrying on with their job. So they used the opportunity of, of me doing this amazing thing for themselves, but they weren't invested. They were done. See ya, bye. I've got the attention I need, right? So thankfully, my doctor's is opposite my house. So I literally went over and I said, you know, this is, this is what's happened. I've donated a kidney. I'm covered in bandages, you know, open wounds, the lot. And he's like, takes my blood pressure. And he's like, this is really bad. It, it's so low that he called an ambulance. An ambulance came, took me to hospital and readmitted me. So I got readmitted. I'd lost so much weight at this point that they gave me a child's gown, a pink one. And a lady opposite, I was on this ward and this lady opposite said, I want a pink gown. I don't feel very feminine. And I'm like, babe, this is not a lady's gown. This is a child's, you know? And I remember lying on the bed and everything hurt, the mattress hurt, the pillow hurt, because I was bony. And I thought, oh my God, I just couldn't eat anything. And I felt like shit. And no one came. No one came. And I remember, I didn't know what hurt the most, to be honest. I get choked up saying this. I don't know what hurt the most. I don't know whether it was the pain in my body. Because on that, when I got readmitted, I remember counting them. I had... I believe it was 24 needles, so blood samples, injections, 24 needles in 24 hours. And I was so bruised and my veins had just given up that they had to put the veins in my wrists. And, it, you know, I just thought, my God, that's just, I was black and blue. And I thought, fucking hell, I felt so weak. And I just thought, no one's here. And at the time I had friends and everything and I thought no one's here. The second trip, no one's interested in. The first trip, it helps them look good. Look, I've got a friend who's this. This is capital this is helping my profile. Second visit, no one came. No one. And the next day I got um, you know, sent home. And I remember being so weak that I couldn't quite make it down the corridor and I had to keep stopping. And I got by the double doors and I just thought, fucking how, how am I, how am I going to get home? How the fuck am I going to get home? So I ordered an Uber on my phone and I remember being so weak and so sore from the injections and bruised that I had to tap on the window because I didn't have enough strength to open the car door. And then I didn't have enough strength to get out. He had to help me out. And I just thought, isn't it strange? 
Strangers are helping me more than people in my inner circle. So anyway, my I live in a flat thing that's like basically a house, but a split into two, and I'm at the top. So it just takes me ages to get up these stairs. And then, of course, no food in, and, you know, I was just like, oh, my God. So I'd have to go down the street, and I'd have to tap on the window of the corner shop because I didn't have enough strength to open the door. So he opened the door for me, and, you know, we bonded, and I'd show him all my bandages, and he'd be like, what have you, what's happened, stabbed? I was like, no although it's, you know, London, isn't it? But I was like, no, no, I've just donated a kidney. And it actually, the lack of support caused my body to, well, the the recovery process went arse over to it, didn't it? Because I didn't have the right support in place. And it was weird because then I couldn't afford to not work. And I was very thin and I was in a lot of pain and I had to get another job. And it was three months after, if that I think it was eight weeks, actually, after a major operation. And we have to be careful of blood clots and we have to be careful of this and this. And I had to get to work. And the only way I could get to work was an Uber. So I was paying all my wages on getting an Uber and going to work. I'd get to work and then an old friend who I'd known for years messaged me, telling me off and saying how much of a shit friend I've been because I haven't been in contact. And I'm like, are you fucking serious? And then I realized that everyone around me was arguing with me and telling me how bad I was because basically I hadn't been there for them. And I'm like, I just had a major operation. I got readmitted. I have been so ill and now I'm back to work. And I remember being at my desk and I was in so much pain because I wasn't healed and I couldn't afford to not be there. And um, all this to save someone's life, by the way, and and. So I donated a kidney to someone I've never met and I never will meet, right? So I'm going through all of this for somebody that I don't even know. I don't even know. And and I just remember feeling absolutely crushed. My body was crushed. My soul was crushed. My mind was crushed. And my heart was crushed. And that moment on, I thought, well, my fucking God, over my dead body, am I ever letting anyone feel like this again. No fucking way. So this is why I go, right, what skills do I have? So I'm amazing at transformation. I literally can see through people. Like I had a spiritual experience, 100%. And you're probably thinking, well, well, didn't you see your friends do that? And did you not see that coming? Yeah, I did actually, if I'm going to be totally honest. But it's all I knew. I don't know good friends. I don't know people who are there for me. I don't know people who want to pull me into their inner circle. All I know is people who want things from me and pick me up and put me down. So that's all I knew. I, I just thought that was the way of the world. And then this operation, I thought, shit, I need people. I've never needed anyone in my life and I didn't ever want to need anyone in my life. Because people just let you down. So what was the point, right? But when I was this sick, I thought I need to change my mindset and I need to change how I relate to people because for the first time ever in my life, I needed people. I mean, they didn't show up, obviously. But for the first time in my life, I knew I couldn't get myself through it alone. I knew I needed... I just couldn't afford another episode like that. I mean, I got through it on my own. But there was always... There was something different about all the other times, you know, whether I'd been dumped, whether I'd been cheated on, whether I'd been robbed, whether whatever happened, you know. 
and manipulated or anything like that and bad relationship there was something always about that that I could always get myself through and I knew that I could and I you know I don't need him I can do it myself and whatever and I always accepted that no one was going to be there but it was the shock of the vulnerability that made me think right I'm gonna I'm gonna do something different here so it fueled me into caring so much for people and when I see sadness in people's eyes and when I see people on Instagram scrolling around and and they don't like their current life my god I will go above and beyond to find out information that you need so that you can have a better life and that you don't feel depressed and you know regardless of my mood if I wake up in the morning and I feel lonely and depressed my god I will make sure that I will get out of that mood for you and I will make sure that I am that light that you see on Instagram if you need it. This isn't coming from a place of ego. This is coming from a place of desperation. What I felt when I did that was abhorrent, disgusting. It was absolutely disgusting in regards to where we're at in humanity, where we've always been at with humanity. This is not a new thing. It's like, oh, no, humans... Like, we're coming to an end. No, no, you you look at the Middle Ages, babe. They're a lot worse. But I am not going to be that person. I am not going to be that humanity. I am going to be my own humanity. I am going to do posts. I am going to do messages. And regardless of whether I've worked 15, 16-hour days and I am tired and I am to the point of exhaustion because I have spoken to so many people per day and I have absorbed all that energy, if I have a feeling and my guides tell me, please put a story out saying I love you, I will. I will. Because I will not let you do that. I will not let you go through things like that on your own. Ever. Ever. So this is what made me really driven. And this is what made me really kind of go, okay, well, what packages can I put out there? What coaching can I put out there? Yes, I'm going to do things for free. I'm going to do readings. I'm going to do like, I'm going to dig so fucking deep. And I'm going to get all these components that I've been embarrassed about my whole life and things that I've been picked on my whole life. And yes, you may, may say, she's got weird little eyes. I don't like her eyes. I've had that so many times. Tough shit. It's probably because I see through you, to be honest. That's why you don't like my eyes. I've got beautiful eyes. But yeah, I see people that aren't there. I hear things that aren't there. You know, whatever. It's a gift. Thanks. But over my dead body, is anyone going to feel like they can't reach out to me or there isn't going to be a product or a service that they can come to me about and I can help them or offer them. Absolutely no way. So that's where the mission came from and that is my mission and it will always be my mission. And yeah, I get people copying me. I see it all the fucking time. And I don't mean that as in like, oh, I'm sat on a bench and then they sit on a bench. It's real fucking intricate shit. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, you've literally just, literally just copied everything I'm doing. And yeah, it's annoying and I think, well, you're that humanity then. You're that humanity that just uses things for your ego and builds yourself up. But you have no interest in investing in me. And you have no interest in being my friend. Or you have no interest in, in being in the inner circle. You just want to cream the top like everybody else. And cream the top. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm Katie's friend. Yeah, yeah, she's giving away a kidney. Yeah, yeah, she's my friend. All right, where, where is she then? Oh, she's just at home alone having a fit. You know? Like, it, it's, it's embarrassing. It's disgusting. And I see so many of my clients and people that I interact with, and they've, they've all got stories like this. This is why I'm telling you. 
You know, you've all got stories where you can't believe the per people in your inner circle were the ones that stabbed you in the back. Julius Caesar was stabbed by his own counsel. It's always someone close. It's always someone close. I could rely on the Uber drivers and I could rely on the corner shop man that I still talk to. And, you know, we still, we have a banter. I have more relationships with people that I don't even fucking know than people in my inner circle going, yeah, 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 I'm your friend, I'm your friend. Yeah, every birthday and every Christmas, I'm on my own. Yeah, you're no friend of mine. You might think I'm uh, your friend of mine, but you're not. You're not a friend of mine. So you see, there's two types of humanity here. I don't even think the other one is human. It's not humane. So I don't even think it's humanity. But I am not cut from the same cloth as that. I am not going to make you feel alone. I'm not going to make you feel not good enough. I show up every single day. I, honestly, my days are so draining. When I, when I speak to uh, clients all around the world, I can be speaking to, because they do it on text as well. I wrote down the other day and I, I managed to speak to 80 people in one day. And you think, God, how did you fit that in? I don't even know, to be honest. Sometimes those conversations can last 10 minutes. Sometimes they can last an hour, sometimes they're five minutes. So it's a lot of short, sharp, a lot, a lot of energy, you know. But no, I don't ever, ever, ever want you to feel alone. And if you get a vibe from me and you're like, I like Katie, she's caring. Please know it is 1000% genuine. Please know that, my God, when I say I love you, I really do. Because I see you and I feel you and I feel your energy around me and I feel your energy on my Instagram and I feel your energy watching me, looking at me, admiring me, supporting me, needing me. I feel it. I honour it. I like it. Thank you. And you know what? I love you too. I like you. I think you're great. You know, like attracts like. So there's my mission and that's why I'm here because to be honest... I, I just, I'm not getting many genuine people around. I'm just not, you know, whether they're coaches themselves or whether they're motivational speakers, I don't know. But it all seems a little bit, you know, scripted and shit. It ain't my vibe. That is not what I'm about. So I thought I'd be real transparent and tell you the shit that we all go through. And I hear you. I feel you. I understand you. And I will do my very best and I will tune in, I ask questions, I say, how can I help people today? How can I help people today? I am of, of service, I am dedicating my life, it is a gift to you. I feel empty, I feel like just not part of this world half the time, and I feel like I'm shit at relationships, and I feel like I'm shit at friendships, and there's just no point. So I literally feel like I'm putting my sword on the ground and saying, how do you want me to, what do you want me to fight for you? Because I, I want to do that. I love that. You know, when I was 15, I wanted to be a nun. Yeah. We stayed in it. We, we belonged to a church and we stayed at a convent for a few days and it was brilliant. I loved them. And then I wanted to be in the army. So there was this pattern. Navy, in fact, because I like ships, obviously. But there was this pattern and it always has been with me, which is I want to be of service. I want to be dedicated. I'm not very good at asking for things and I'm not very good at saying I need this probably why my relationships are so shit but it's like I want to serve all the time but going through that hell and that disgusting episode where I was so weak and going through something where you could lose your life and no one shows up 
Do you know what that does to your self-esteem? I'll tell you something what it does to your self-esteem. If you felt like you couldn't, you weren't being seen or heard before and you felt like you didn't matter, my God, it was amplified. It was a kick in the tit, I'll tell you that. And I thought, I never, ever want anyone to feel like this. So that's where I'm at. That's what my Instagram's about. That's what my podcast's about. I don't want to be the second coming. I'm not saying I'm the second coming. And I'm not saying I'm some kind of guru. Like, I literally have read so many books. I went to Thailand, studied Buddhism, stayed with the monks, stayed at a convent, talked to spirit all the time. I went for a walk earlier. I hugged a tree and said, what do people need to know? Tell me something. Because tree hugging is a real thing, by the way. I need to teach it. It's amazing. And I get that information and I pass it on. And that's what I'm about. So anyway, I love you very much. You're doing an amazing job. Stay in your lane. Stay focused. Please know that you will have admirers that you don't even know about. You know, you will have people that you go to the shop. It'll be someone that serves you regularly. It'll be your your Uber driver who's known you for five minutes. It'll be someone on the bus. It'll be someone that's, you know, like a Sainsbury's delivery person that saw you smiling and he's like, you know what? She's just made my day. He's just made my day. I've been working since fucking 5 a.m. I've looked at them and they've got a nice little happy face. You will have more fans than you realize. You will have more people that respect you than you realize. You will have more people that like you than you realize. They're all observers. Why they're not coming into your life is up to them. Maybe they just don't want to be in your life. Maybe they just don't want friends. Maybe they've got too much shit going on. Maybe they haven't got time. But what's important is, and I need you to know, that you will have a lot of people around you that admire you. All right, so so keep that. Hold it. All right, I love you very much, as always. And I mean every single word.